0: Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder, and I'm going to help you rock your hormones and feel great in your body so that you can reclaim more energy, vitality, and joy, and become the CEO of your health. Let's jump on in. Now, I don't know about you, but for a long time, I was fooled to believe that honey and maple syrup, even agave was better for my blood sugar levels and my body overall compared to the run of the mill, table white sugar or brown sugar. And even back in the day, I used to put raw brown sugar cubes in my coffee instead of white sugar packets because I thought it was better. But I was wrong and I am not alone. I frequently hear statements such as this, I cannot eat fruit because it has too much sugar. Or my doctor said to avoid all white bread because white bread turns to sugar, but my whole grain bread is fine. Or I hear, I will only use raw sugar or coconut sugar because it's healthy and more natural. Evidently, many of us are confused regarding sugars and it has a lot to do with the clever marketing of these products. So let me set the record straight if you're feeling a bit confused too. The human digestive and metabolic system do not differentiate between naturally occurring sugars, processed sugars, or those that are added to foods. The metabolism of all carbohydrates, aka sugars, follow the same pathway, yielding the core monosaccharides at the end result. So pick any sugar you like, they are all the same. And what I mean by this is, All types of sugar spike our glucose and fructose levels. Whether it's white sugar, raw sugar, honey, turbinado sugar, cane sugar, coconut sugar, maple syrup, agave sugar, the list goes on and on. Yes, coconut sugar is the same as regular sugar. Your chocolate chip cookie isn't any healthier because you used coconut sugar instead. Now, while different sugars may have different colors and names, they are all made up of the same substance, a combination of glucose and fructose molecules. Therefore, they will raise your blood sugar every single time if they are consumed on their own, especially if you're adding them to beverages like coffee and tea, right? Sweet tea, anyone? Now, these sugars may look different because they undergo different bleaching processes or have extra molasses to make them brown, right? But they hit your bloodstream the exact same and cause the same physiological response, a glucose spike. This is even the case with certain fruits that are concentrated with high levels of glucose and fructose. So if you were to eat grapes or tropical fruit like mango or pineapple on their own, without other foods, you will see the same blood sugar spike as you would eating a handful of M&Ms. Yes, there are other nutritional aspects of fruit that M&Ms just don't contain, like some fiber, vitamins, and minerals. But at the end of the day, your blood sugar is going to spike. That's going to increase an inflammatory response in the body and in the cardiovascular system, and that's gonna cause insulin to spike too. And the reason why I bring this up is the crazy confusion that we have regarding sugar. Currently, 51% of American adults report that they are trying to limit or avoid sugars when choosing foods and beverages. And there's little doubt that Americans consume too much sugar. We now eat vastly more carbohydrates as refined sugars and grains than at any point in time in history, as much as 10 times more than just a couple hundred years ago. Some reports say that we are eating 152 pounds of sugar per year per person. Other sources reference 66 pounds of added sugar per year per person. Regarding the exact number, it is an outrageous amount of sugar. Our body has to process all of that glucose and fructose, which is causing an alarming amount of blood sugar spikes, and as a result, those high blood sugar levels and insulin levels are gumming up our system, breaking down our metabolic machinery, leading us to feel depleted, foggy, hangry, and irritable. Now, the large glucose spikes our bodies have to process result in oxidative stress fat storage in our liver and adipose cells, insulin resistance, blood vessel dysfunction, high blood pressure, brain fog, and mitochondrial dysfunction. Keeping glucose levels more stable and minimizing glycemic variability is literally the name of the game. And one of the simplest ways to do this is to reduce or remove refined grains and refined sugars from our diet, even the healthy sugars like honey. In a nutshell, You have got to balance your blood sugar or it will control your life. Now, according to the CDC, more than 120 million U.S. adults have diabetes or prediabetes, And that number is steadily increasing every single year. That is almost one out of every eight people. Luckily, most of us can see it coming and can do something about it. Long before your blood sugar becomes out of balance and it becomes a diagnosable disease. Many people, especially overextended and overscheduled women, like I have been many many times, tend to experience fatigue regularly, make food choices in response to sudden shifts in mood and energy levels, that was me, lack the energy to exercise regularly and do not feel like they have the time to make self-care and sleep a priority. As a result, they are on a constant blood sugar roller coaster. And eating healthy sugar isn't going to fix that. I can say this because this was me, right? This this was very much me at 30 years old and even a little bit me at 35 years old. Because when you are overscheduled, overrun, you've got a high level amount of stress because you're taking care of so much stuff, which so many of us are. It is no wonder we are eating for energy or we're eating for stress, right? That just puts us on this blood sugar roller coaster. Now this episode isn't about advising you to quit sugar. I know I have done that in other episodes. (laughs) It is about understanding how sugar works and clearing the air about the different types of sugar out there because there's a lot of false advertising confusing many of us. That way we can make smart and informed choices about what we put into our bodies that will eventually impact our brain and cells basically forever. So what's important to know is what is on your plate Today and tomorrow is going to become your brain and body many, many days later, even years later. Or simply put, you are what you eat. Given this important fact about food and sugar in general, I want to give some advice when it comes to consuming sugar and carbs. And it's this. Choose your sugars based on the company they keep. In other words, what nutrients does a food with carbs and sugar offer you beyond just the energy obtained from the carbohydrate molecules? In addition to monosaccharides and disaccharides, does this food contain fiber, minerals, antioxidants, vitamins, right? So when comparing a chocolate cupcake to a Granny Smith apple, the chocolate cupcake will provide a lot of empty calories, saturated fat, cholesterol, sodium, and trans fats. But it also offers minimal fiber, vitamins, or minerals, and will spike your blood sugar levels greater than the apple due to the lack of fiber content. The apple, on the other hand, is low in calories and rich in fiber, vitamin C, antioxidants, flavonoids, and polyphenols. And it's important to note that the apple not only has just trace amounts of sodium, but has no fat or cholesterol. And even though I think this is a great general rule to consider when making food choices around carbohydrates and sugar, I also want to share with you five simple ways to blunt a blood sugar spike if you do decide that you want some sugar in your life, whether it is fruit or a dessert. I think it's important that we have tools that set us up for success so that we can enjoy sweet fruits and desserts in moderation when it feels really good to us. Because as I have learned on my own personal journey, it is practically unsustainable to give up refined carbs, desserts, and sugars for good. Although I have done it with great success for months at a time, even like a half a year at a time, it always sneaks back in, right? And I just find that, We shouldn't be shaming ourselves because we are struggling with willpower or discipline when the biological processes of brain and blood sugar spikes is really the cause of why we keep dipping back into sugar over and over again. So with that said, I want to share the first blood sugar tool that you want to have in your tool belt. Number one, one of the best ways to flatten a blood sugar curve is this. Dress your carbs or your sugar, this includes fruit, with fats and protein. Eating carbohydrates alone is likely going to spike glucose more than if your carbohydrates or your sugar are eaten with fat or protein. Preloading or combining carbs with fat or protein can minimize the quick absorption of glucose into the bloodstream. In one study, consuming 23 grams of protein and 17 grams of fat 30 minutes before carbohydrates significantly decreased post-meal glucose elevation in people without diabetes and those with insulin resistance. Similarly, eating fat in conjunction with a carbohydrate load may decrease the post glucose spike as well. One study found that eating three ounces of almonds with a meal of white bread led to a significantly lower post glucose response than white bread eaten alone. So because I know this, I rarely eat fruit without pairing it with fat, Protein and fiber sources. So, for instance, I love blueberries and raspberries. So does Kingston. We both love blueberries and raspberries. And I often pair, if I'm gonna have blueberries or raspberries as a snack, I will pair them with almonds or pair them with some cashews so that I can blunt that blood sugar response. Note that berries like raspberries and blueberries don't have a lot of sugar to begin with. But because as I get older, I'm a little bit more insulin resistant, I just want to be mindful of pairing that carbohydrate, those berries, with a fat, one, to give me more sustainable energy and to ensure that I don't have a blood sugar spike. Also, I rarely eat fruit without pairing it with that or protein or a fiber source, or I wait to eat fruit until after I ate my lunch or dinner to also blunt any blood sugar spike. Which leads me to tool number two in your metabolic toolbox, which is eat your fruit or dessert at the end of a meal instead of on their own as a snack. The best time to eat dessert to support your blood sugar and your insulin levels is after a meal. And that's because the fiber, the protein and fat in your meal will slow down the absorption of the sugar from your intestine to your bloodstream, preventing the big glucose spike. Specifically, fiber is going to coat the small intestine with a gel-like substance, slowing down the absorption of sugar to the bloodstream, and protein and fat will slow down gastric emptying. This strategy alone can reduce a glucose spike by 70%. In a nutshell, just by changing the order of your food, you can reduce your blood sugar levels by 70%. Ideally, the order that you should eat food during your meal is this. Number one, you want to start with a fiber-filled veggie starter, such as a salad with olive oil and vinegar. This is a super amazing way to keep your glucose steadier and avoiding cravings and energy slumps later on. Now, if you're looking for some awesome vinaigrette recipes, I have a great lemon vinaigrette recipe along with sexy salad starter recipes in my free 14 day hormone. So my 14 hormone loving recipe guide in the show notes for this episode or better yet, if you're looking for a plethora of recipes to help you with that that veggie starter, that salad starter go and grab a copy of my latest book, The EO Menopause Solution. In part three of the book, I share my go-to favorite vinaigrette dressings. There's multiple of them that we make in my house every single week. And I include a build your own salad guide plus six of my favorite salad recipes, including my green goddess salad, Mexican chopped salad, and veggie inspired Nicoise salad. So those are all in this book. When it comes to salad this spring and summer, ooh, I get super creative and you are going to find endless combinations on how to make a sexy salad starter in part three of the book. Now, after the starter, the salad starter or a veggie starter, it can be broccoli, whatever you prefer. I love salads this time of the year, though, so that's where I'm going to focus my efforts. Next is going to be protein and fats. And you can also have veggies here too. You could start with a salad starter and then have protein and fats with some veggies as well. I like to start with a salad before any meal. Then I eat my protein, healthy fats, and some yummy roasted veggies like broccoli. And then finally, the third item that you would eat is going to be your carbs, your starches, your fruit or dessert last. This includes sweet potatoes, or it's dessert or it's berries or cherries or grapes or whatever it is. Or maybe it's cornbread, whatever it is. It's always, it's the last thing in the order. So whatever you decide, you want to make sure that you go in this order. Again, veggie starter or a salad starter. And ideally with with a vinaigrette. Next, your fat and your proteins. You can have veggies here too and then finally your carbs your sweet potato your bread your dessert whatever you want that to be and you know whoever said eat dessert first was 100% wrong That also goes for the bread basket or the tortilla chip basket or the French fries or basically any appetizer that is mostly carbs. This will set you up for failure when it comes to blood sugar levels. Now, when we focus on food in a specific order, we can eat the exact same thing, but with a smaller glucose spike. And the benefits of this are reduce our hunger for the rest of the day, reduce our cravings for the rest of the day and even the day to the next day tomorrow, you're giving your body more time in fat burning mode, you age more slowly, and you help out your brain and your body in the long term. So I don't know about you, but I am all for ordering my food in the right order to get those results. Now I wanna to go to the third tool, and this is walk it out. I want you to walk after you meal and most definitely after your dessert. Better yet, walk while you eat your dessert for the biggest bang for your buck, especially if your dessert is a liquid type of dessert, like a milkshake, Coca-Cola, or a blended sugary coffee drink like a Frappuccino. Hands down, I believe that walking after dinner is the best thing you can do for your metabolic health and your health overall. And guess what? There is a ton of science to back it up. We all know that walking itself on its own is a solid form of gentle exercise, but doing it after eating any meal does even more for your body, including flattening that glucose curve aiding in digestion, lowering your stress levels, right? And just getting a time to just clear your mind. There are a lot of benefits to walking after dinner or also known as postprandial walking or exercise. It lowers your glycemic index significantly, blunts the blood sugar spike, reduces insulin resistance, improves intestinal movement, promotes better sleep and boosts your blood flow. Now, it doesn't just have to be walking, by the way. I just prefer walking. I think it's so gentle and easy and fun but it can be any movement. It can be dancing, it can be squats, it can be pushups, it can be walking stairs, lifting weights, bike riding, jump squats, getting where you fit in. I just personally find walking more enjoyable than any of those other recommended ways to move the body. And I just love the incredible side benefits that come with walking, especially walking with Kingston and my husband to the beach and back. It's a 20 to 25 minute walk and it is so worth it. Next is tool number four in your toolbox. And this is drink a tablespoon of vinegar. Any kind of vinegar works in water with a straw to avoid any damage to your teeth enamel. a couple minutes before eating your carbs or dessert. And if you forget to drink the vinegar before the carb or dessert, you can have it up to 20 minutes after you eat your dessert, no problem. And, And really what you're doing is you're just drinking that vinegar in water. Now, I personally prefer apple cider vinegar because it tastes the best. And by drinking a tablespoon of vinegar in a four ounce glass of water, basically what happens is your muscles uptake glucose much faster without the need of a lot of insulin to be released, and you assist your mitochondria in burning more fat. The result, vinegar blunts a glucose spike by approximately 30%, which can be the difference maker when it comes to avoiding a blood sugar spike. I bet you're wondering, how does this work? Well, acetic acid in vinegar slows down the rate at which the stomach empties the food you've eaten into the small intestines, which then in turn slows the breakdown of carbohydrates and gives the body more time to remove glucose from the blood. This ultimately reduces the spike in blood sugar you typically see after eating a carbohydrate or sugar. Now, in one small study of 10 healthy regular weight volunteers Researchers found that the ingestion of acetic acid as vinegar significantly reduced both blood glucose concentration and insulin responses after a starchy meal. Vinegar basically acts on the body's cells, increasing their availability to take in glucose so that there's less of it circulating in the bloodstream. One group of researchers found that increased glucose uptake in the forearm muscle cells of people with diabetes who had consumed vinegar compared to those who hadn't. So basically, it's allowing your muscles to bring in that glucose and it allows for your mitochondria to burn fat and it slows down the absorption of sugar into the blood. So such a big win here. Again, reducing a blood sugar spike by 30% is huge. And that leads me to number five. Now, if you don't like the idea of having to drink vinegar water before your chocolate cake or your gelato, then I recommend taking an herbal glucose support supplement a couple minutes before your meal that contains berberine. Now, berberine and other powerful herbs are the magic bullet for getting off the blood sugar roller coaster, especially if you have been on that roller coaster for a long time, which many of us have. Remember, 90% of adults experience one glucose spike per day. That's how prevalent it is. So if you're thinking to yourself, hmm, I'm probably experiencing blood sugar spikes throughout the week, at least on the weekends. Well, this is a fantastic solution to help you move in the right direction as you begin to implement the other tools that I've shared earlier. And if it's okay with you, I would love to nerd out on the benefits of berberine for a moment because it really does warrant our attention. Berberine is a natural alkaloid used traditionally to treat digestive disease in Ayurvedic medicine for thousands of years. It is sourced from China and India, found in the root stems and barks and ribosomes of herbs such as golden seal, barberry, golden thread, and organ grape. It has several benefits beyond treating digestive ailments such as reducing cholesterol absorption, improving cardiovascular health, reducing inflammatory markers, boosting lung health, and supporting healthy gut bacteria. Berberine has also been known as a weight-reducing and fat-burning supplement. It activates a compound called AMPK, a metabolic master switch that turns on thermogenesis, which is burning fat for heat while reducing white fat production. In one study, those who took berberine three times a day for 13 weeks lost an average of five pounds, making it a great way to just support your weight management plan. In clinical trials, berberine benefits include decreased body mass index and weight circumference while improving lipid and glucose profiles. In patients with high cholesterol, berberine has been shown to reduce cholesterol, triglycerides, and LDL cholesterol while raising the healthy HDL cholesterol without major side effects, significantly reducing heart disease risk. The current scientific literature claims that berberine is effective at controlling blood sugar as well as the diabetes drug metformin. Metformin is usually the first medication given to those diagnosed with prediabetes or diabetes. While it's a relatively safe drug, long-term is associated with kidney damage. Like metformin, berberine is safely great for helping to address blood glucose issues, meaning that it will definitely lower them, but only if they're already high. What's what I love about berberine is that it's working on the specific problem, but if you have great blood sugar levels, it's not necessarily going to lower it even more. Now it has been shown to lower fasting blood glucose levels, fasting insulin, post-meal blood sugar, and hemoglobin A1C by increasing the number of insulin receptors. Now we are still not sure precisely what combination of mechanisms is responsible for berberine's blood sugar lowering effects, but here's a growing list of suggestive actions that berberine does. Berberine one, it activates AMPK, which boosts autophagy, improving insulin sensitivity at a cellular level by promoting internal repair. Berberine reduces the effect of NADPH oxidase, which is an enzyme that is very active in diabetics. Inhibiting this particular enzyme is considered a therapeutic target for future medicines. Berberine is often compared to exercise because it improves insulin sensitivity in the liver, reducing the liver's production of glucose because it boosts thermogenesis. This is similar to metformin in that it suppresses the liver's tendency to make new glucose when liver cells have become insulin resistant. This is huge. Next, berberine supports good gut bacteria that live within you by killing off the bad bacteria, reducing inflammation and improving blood sugar control. Berberine is also great for women with PCOS since it helps to boost insulin sensitivity, which again, we know about what we know about PCOS is that insulin resistance is what's driving the symptoms of PCOS. So if we can reverse that, then we have phenomenal success with managing PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. And then lastly, berberine may have other anti inflammatory properties, inhibiting several middlemen chemicals that trigger inflammation, such as TNF and other particular cytokines. Now, moreover, berberine has also been shown to lower fasting blood sugar and hemoglobin A1C just as well as metformin. These researchers suggest considering berberine as an alternative to this medication. This is why berberine is the main ingredient in my glucose support herbal supplement, which I cannot tell you how freaking excited I am to announce that it's finally being released at the end of this month with a really sexy first time discount. One thing's for sure I know that this supplement is going to sell out. So, my recommendation is you take 500 milligrams of berberine capsules two to three times a day at meals to reduce the potential for stomach upset and glucose spikes. So always take berberine with food because despite its positive digestive effects over a period of time, it may cause a little bit of transient gastrointestinal distress in some people, although it's pretty rare. But just in case, I always recommend to take it with food. I find that I do better taking supplements with food because I remember to take supplements. So I always take supplements at breakfast and at dinner. And that's just a part of my ritual. And so this would be the same thing. But the cool thing about it is that it's going to actually have an impact on what you ate in a really positive way. Now, to really experience the benefits of lowering blood glucose and insulin levels, take berberine for three months, then pause and evaluate your lab results, especially your blood sugar and A1C, your hemoglobin A1C, to check your progress. While berberine is not the only herb that helps balance blood sugar, it certainly is a heavy It's like a powerhouse with other metabolism balancing benefits. Now the other herbs that I chose for this powerhouse glucose support supplement for supporting your healthy blood sugar levels and insulin levels, modulating the inflammatory response and supporting healthy lipid levels like cholesterol, HDL and LDL are I added cinnamon extract. Now cinnamon is a potent antioxidant and also contains the mineral chromium. As a part of glucose tolerance factor, chromium is required for proper functioning of insulin receptors and is widely recognized for helping to support insulin sensitivity, thereby lowering blood glucose levels. Bunabu extract is an active compound specifically known as corosilic acid, It exerts insulin-like properties and can aid in managing blood glucose by helping transport glucose out of the blood and into cells to be used for energy. So I am so excited about that. Next is going to be a combination of American ginseng, fenugreek, kudzo, and jumina extracts. These herbs specifically play a role in blood sugar control uptake of glucose by muscle cells and may help to maintain healthy lipids such as triglycerides and low-density lipoproteins, LDL proteins. Hands down, this supplement isn't just focused on effectively lowering blood sugar levels and insulin levels. It's addressing all facets of metabolic dysfunction, which was my goal. So, when it comes to taking an effective supplement, you need a comprehensive solution that will address every root cause of metabolic dysfunction. And that is exactly what glucose support does. I am so excited. Now, what I love most about these five tools in your blood sugar and metabolic toolbox is that they are so incredibly easy, and you can combine them to experience added benefits. Now, the ones that I use all of the time to keep my blood sugar level stable and to avoid blood sugar spikes are one, the order in which I eat my food, walking after my meals, especially after dinner, dressing up my carbs by combining my carbs with healthy proteins and fats, and then having dessert, whether it's fruit or something else after my meal. And then also supplementation daily is a non-negotiable. So I just want to walk you through last night's dinner, for example, using these tools. So around 6 p.m., we had salmon, a big salad loaded with summer veggies, topped with avocado and my lemon vinaigrette dressing. And then we had spaghetti squash with homemade dairy-free pesto. For dessert, we had a bowl of cherries with homemade coconut whip with a little bit of orange zest and cinnamon. It's a a sugar-free coconut whip. We just add a couple little elements there so that we could dip our cherries in it. Now first we ate the big salad with the vinegar heavy vinaigrette. That is to fiber up and add some vinegar to the mix. We're combining these two things to really set our digestive system up for success for no blood sugar spike, right? Then after we had the salad with the vinegar dressing, we had salmon along with the spaghetti squash with pesto. So we had our fats, our salmon, we also had roasted broccoli as well. Since spaghetti squash isn't really a carb, I wasn't super concerned about the order with the salmon, the squash, the pesto, and the broccoli. So we just had all that together on our plate. Then about five to 10 minutes after dinner, we ate some cherries and some coconut whip. And oh my God, they were so good. Though the cherries, I just love cherries. And their their season is so, so short. But after we had our cherries, even Kingston got cherries with coconut whip, we took about a 25-minute walk to the beach and back. Now, since Alex and I are both wearing CGMs right now, we can watch in real time what happens with our blood glucose levels. And then we can also watch after three hours. And what's so cool about it is neither of us spiked, but that walk, oh, that walk was like the cherry on top. We saw our blood sugar levels begin to kind of climb a little bit, but that walk, they immediately went back down. It is so cool to see you eat something and then you take that walk, your glucose slides back down to a steady flat curve. So I was able to stay within my range of 70 milligrams per deciliter to 110 milligrams per deciliter. I think I got up to like 104 milligrams per deciliter with that meal, even after our meal with dessert. Next, the two tools that has made the biggest difference for Alex is walking after dinner, especially after desserts, and taking the glucose support supplement before lunch and dinner. Over the past two months, he has been wearing a CGM. He's lost 13 pounds and his fasting blood sugar levels have dropped from 90 milligrams per deciliter to 77 milligrams per deciliter in the morning, which is a massive shift in the right direction. So I am so excited to not only get this glucose support supplement into your hands, but also I'm excited to try it myself. Once I'm done breastfeeding so berberine which is the main ingredient one of the main ingredients in this particular herbal supplement is not recommended while pregnant or breastfeeding now since I've been in the process of getting the supplement ready to release I have been either pregnant or breastfeeding so hopefully in the fall I will get to see the amazing benefits of glucose support on myself once I am done breastfeeding So now that I've shared these life-changing blood sugar hacks, which ones are you gonna try this week? Which of the five like really resonated with you that you are down to try? Is it putting your food in, in a certain order? Is it dressing your carbs and your sugar with protein and fats? Is it walking after a meal? Is it the vinegar? (laughs) Let me know, like, what is it that you're going to try? And don't forget to grab my hormone recipe guide with some amazing salad and vinaigrette dressing recipes that will set you up for success. Um, You can download it now by heading to the show notes and clicking the link for it. And then you are ready to go. As always, thank you so much for listening in to the Essentially You podcast. This show is all about providing tools to rock your hormones and feel amazing in your body. Now, if there's someone in your life that needs to hear this today, take a moment, screenshot this episode and send it on over to them via text message or better yet, share it on social. Let people know what you are listening to. That way we continue to spread the word about hormone literacy. And if you do put it on social, hashtag hormone CEO. Until the next episode, have an amazing day.